Dave Onestead hanging out with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. So, Dave, um, you once recruited uh, Travis Kelsey. You were at Pitt when he was uh, a senior in high school. Is that right? And you you, you tried to get him to um, – you tried to get him – uh, to uh, yep, I, to I Pitt, went. I right? went uh, uh, Cleveland Heights. That's where uh, he's yep. from. I remember going in tough neighborhood. Now tough neighborhood. I went in. He was a quarterback, and I said, you know, you got to come to Pitt. I'll make you a, a next Mike Ditka. You know, <laughs> make you a, an All American tight end. And he said, Coach, Cincinnati is recruiting me as a quarterback. I want to play quarterback. I said, Come on, you know. And he's so he went to Cincinnati. And was a quarterback, I don't know, for a week, I think. Well, no, the freshman year, Brian Kelly had a package of wildcat plays for him. Yeah, just to keep him transferring to Pitt, I guess. That's right. (laughs) But but, but I completely forgot about it. And when was the Super Bowl in Miami? I guess three years ago, four years ago. And Kansas City was in it. So I'm standing on – the teams are warming up, and I'm standing on the sidelines talking to somebody. And all of a sudden, this giant comes up behind me and grabs me and – and I turn around, and it's him, and we start laughing, and we talk about that story, you know? That's so, funny. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but but he's, I get, you know, his personality, he, he comes from a tough area. But I mean, you wanted to play him at tight end. Oh, yeah, right off you the You saw bat. the greatness in him immediately. Absolutely. Yeah. The way the guy could run and jump. But he was committed to wanting to play quarterback. Yep. And that's why he went to Cincinnati. And I was telling Molly that one of the stories that I read over the weekend was that his high school coach – who you may or may not remember, uh, went to his graduation party, and before he left, apparently, as the story goes, hugged him and said, hey, you know, go p- try at quarterback, but I'll see you in the NFL. If they move you to tight end, don't don't sweat it. Right. Because right. gonna, that's going to happen. Yeah. No, that's a uh, true story. True story. And he uh, – guy's amazing. I mean, when you, when you think about the people that were hurt in that game yeah. last weekend. He was one and, of them. And just, you know, tough as nails. I mean yeah. – Besides being smart and a heck of an athlete, you know, well, he's just a tough guy. There are a lot of remarkable stories going into the Super Bowl, but the Kansas City Chiefs being back in the Super Bowl and their offense statistically being better than it was after getting rid of Tyreek Hill because of Travis Kelsey, because of Mahomes, that is, to me, remarkable. When you have Marquez Valdez-Scantling being the guy that is your go-to receiver in the AFC Championship game, that yep. just speaks to how great Mahomes is and how reliable that scheme is. Yeah, I I, I would agree with you. It, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. The, the the difference in that game, you, you say, well, what, what, you know, I'll tell you what it was zero turnovers. The guy did not, you know, turn the football over. He didn't make a bad bad mistake uh, that that showed up. Uh, I wish the Chiefs would run the ball more. I mean, I love that running back from Rutgers. What's his name? Pacheco. Pacheco. Oh, oh God. Man. I, I mean, you know, he he's one. You know, yeah, there's there's tough. there's some running backs. You're right, Molly. That when they have the football, you think to yourself, I don't know if I want to tackle that guy. You know, yeah. he, he's yeah. that type yeah. of back running up in there. Yeah. Uh, you better have your mouthpiece in, as we say. And uh, you know, so uh, it, it is a remarkable job. And and defensively, you know, it, it, it kind of a bend but don't break. That you know, they they make plays when they have to. So it, it's that. They're a team. I mean, they they win because they 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 win as a team. Special teams, you know, the return game, you know, offense, defense, and and special teams. 
That's what you got to do. So we asked you before the break, Dave, is it good <clears throat> if one guy is the guy and everybody's battling for him, or is it better if there are multiple picks, there are multiple quarterbacks that teams are choosing between? <clears throat> well, it all it, it comes down to this. You know, one guy, obviously, everybody would be trying to get up to get. That's But the multiple pick thing, it really comes down to, you know, and I've sat there in those draft rooms, particularly the first year when it was crazy at Dallas when we were making all those trades. And the big thing is, is my guys there. When they make that call on draft day and they call the Bears and they call Ryan Poles and he picks up the phone, and if it's the Indianapolis Colts as an example, they're going to say, Ryan, were you willing to trade? Yes. Okay. If our guy's there, then they this would be the compensation. So if they agree, but I was I've been sitting right there when all of a sudden uh, it's either we were trying to get somebody or somebody wanted our pick. We wanted somebody's pick, and all of a sudden they took the guy ahead of him. And so now all of a sudden we got him on the phone, and you say, you know what, our guy's gone. That was our guy. He's gone. Deal off. I think this year it's better that there are potentially three quarterbacks that teams may talk themselves into wanting rather than that one guy, that Lawrence, that Manning that you referenced earlier. Next year it will be Caleb Williams. Because you know why? And maybe this is maybe this is a backward argument, but if, if, if that quarterback's there at the top of the draft, you're taking them. Yeah. You're not trading that pick. You're taking them, and then you're starting over. So then – I just I don't know if that's but, a better alternative or a worse alternative, but it's an obvious one. But doesn't if there if there is one obvious quarterback to take, doesn't that turn into an auction if you're trading that pick? If no, you, because I'm saying you would take Fields. him. You don't trade oh, him. You you, you, you yourself would trade. Would tra- I would yeah, I would yeah. take that guy. I, I think that's that's a very interesting. Then you have an yeah. auction for your quarterback if who is Joe the incumbent. Burrow is available in this draft. You take him. You got to take him. Yeah. And then you trade Justin Fields, and that becomes the auction, and that becomes your what you would get your draft capital for, I suppose. Well, we took, you know, uh, I guess it was our second year. My, no, it might have been our first year at Dallas. We drafted Troy with the first pick, okay? And then in the supplemental draft in June, we draft Steve Walsh. Yeah, remember the, that. For a number one pick. Yeah. And so we, uh, we had two quarterbacks and then let it kind of play out, and Troy was going to be the guy, and then traded uh, – Steve Walsh to Jim Finks in the Saints for, I think, a one, a two, and a three maybe. Not bad. You and, know? Then, and then you brought him here. And then we ended up bringing yeah. him here. Yes. And, and a, you know, a hugely competitive guy, a good leader, just didn't have the arm strength. But right. but a hell of a, a, oh, hell yeah. of a, a bright kid. A- absolutely. No, I mean, you know, won championships and yeah. won the last road playoff game that the Bears have ever won uh, have or have won. I mean, Steve was the quarterback up there in Minnesota. Yep. How do you explain the Philadelphia Eagles' dominance in the playoffs? Dave, they're outscoring both opponents 69-14. to 14. Neither game has been close. We understand what we saw against San Francisco. They're down to you know, a quarterback who can't throw. But you look at the way the Eagles have dominated. They have not had a challenge yet. Is that a sign of their dominance? Obviously, but do you worry about that because they've not been in a close game in a long time? No, I don't worry about it. Because we've seen all, you know, we've seen uh, Devontae Smith make a catch that I didn't think he could make. I mean, I thought he was a speed receiver. Well, he, you know, he, I thought he, he didn't make it. Yeah, he tried. Well, well, I mean, you know, so, <laughs> you know, 
I know what you mean, though, I, Dave. I didn't think, I know what you mean. I didn't think he could. He was capable of <laughs> doing a, that. It was an unbelievable catch. Yeah, it, it was. That's. I mean, yeah. was there a flag? Was there a replay? We, I would. My coaches would say, Coach, that was a penalty. I would say, Where do you see a flag, David? No, Coach. <laughs> right, pe- right. Okay, let's. Okay, we'll I, get right. I get it. I get it. Coach, they picked us. Yes, they picked us. That wasn't a touchdown. I would raise my hand to say, what does this mean? This means touchdown, okay? Come on. Uh, so my point is that, you know, all their guys have shown. The, the, how about the tight end? How about the tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, Got it. Got it. Got it. This guy's like top three or four tight yeah. ends in the National Football League. Nobody talks about Nobody. It. Nobody yeah. talks about this guy. He is capable of. Of, of lining up and beating you himself. So, I mean, they have so many weapons. And you know the interesting thing about their defense, and everybody wants to talk about sacks, but think about this for a minute. You know, they, they came close. What, they have 70, 72, something like that? The Bears have the record, right, yes. 84? Yep. The Bears were a blitzing team. Yes. 46 defense, Buddy Ryan. Uh, this year, the Dallas Cowboys were a blitzing team, the most in the NFL. Out of the 70 sacks or 72 sacks that the Eagles have, 60 of them are with four-man rush. That's, That's incredible. incredible. That, that is something. So that is a huge difference, in my opinion. So what does that tell you is if they can get that pressure with their front guys, yes, then you can do a lot on the back end. And they got good corners, too. And you know what I mean? You can, you can yep. play two. You can play one. You can, do, you can rotate coverages. You can get real fancy and creative on the back end with that type of pass rush. Dave, we talked about this this morning, that they have like eight starters on the defensive line. They they have like two full teams on that defense. They got eight good guys in the defensive backfield. Right now, they have gotten to the point where they are going to start the Super Bowl with the same 22 starters they had to open the season. We did the exact same thing that first Super Bowl we won at Dallas. We had our exact 22, and our defensive line, think about how we played. Yeah, our back, same thing. Our backups, I think. Waves. You came were, at were, waves. Our backup was Leon Lett and Jimmy Jones and uh, Jim Jeffcoat. They yeah. were our backup guys wow. in, when we rotated guys through. So very, very similar, very similar Defensively, scheme, you know, what they try to do personnel wise is, is what we did. And they're healthy. You have yeah. to be healthy. That's all part of it. What's guys. interesting, too, from the Bears' perspective, as Bears fans watch this Super Bowl, they'll see the Chiefs with Chris Jones and his ability to wreck a game plan. Yep. Then on the Eagles' side, you'll see an edge rusher with Hassan Reddick capable of wrecking a game plan. So in the Bears' prism, well, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, you're going to have two guys who. You know, you either take the tackle or the edge rusher, and if you're weighing which one is more likely to wreck a game plan, you're going to see both examples of that in the Super Bowl with two guys who are capable of controlling that game at any given stretch. Absolutely. You know, and I'm and talking to Rick Spillman. I'm going to reference him because he, he's told me he's evaluated like 100 guys already, okay, getting ready for all his the stuff that he's going to do uh, on different stations and so forth for the draft. And he made an interesting point because we were talking about this. And he said the Bears couldn't go wrong with either two guys. But he said that there were down the line, down the line, there were a lot more edge rushers, in his opinion, than there were inside guys. Right. So if the Bears look at it the same way, they could go with Carter Carter 
and, and then, then pick up second round. Pass rush. Th- there you go. Exactly down the road. So that's uh, you know, w- which is what you have to look at. If we don't get this guy, what are we going to? Well, what's the options going to be in the second, third round? You're projecting. I get that. But at least you got to have need, numbers. You, you got to have numbers. You need so many guys need, on that line. I mean, everything. you need a whole new line. To go but, with but your watching line. the NFC game, I was convinced. Oh yeah, they got to go after Will Anderson so they could get him. And then I'm watching the AFC game. I was, oh god, they got to get a guy like right. Chris Jones if they could get him. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if there's a wrong answer. Yeah, I, I don't think there really is. Uh, but I do think you know what, what, what the conversation we just had. You got to look and project what guys are going to be there. Right. In your opinion, is there a sleeper? Is there a guy that, hey, we can get this guy in the third you, round? Nobody else likes him. Everybody else sees him as a fifth-round guy. We'll, we'll jump up there and take him. You, you are so right, Dave. I think that because Carter fits perfectly with what the Bears are doing, you know, they need that three-technique, under-tackle type of player, it's almost like you can, you can build around that, but if you miss on him, is there an elite game-wrecking yep. kind of player that you can trust at that spot? Like, he can do it. And you know he can do it, and then maybe you can add more to that on the outside. I think that's a very yeah. I think that I think the the fact that there aren't more of the inside guys than the outside guys would influence what I did. Absolutely, that, that's uh, you know that's that's what they're stacking right now, as we say. When you set they're they're set they're gonna after their senior bowl and the combine they're gonna set their board by one through three hundred. And then they'll set their boards by position. Yeah. So and that, with grades on them. So now picture it. You got a stack of defensive tackles, you know, and let's say there's there's 50 of them or whatever, you know, draftable guys. You got 50 defensive tackles. You got 50 defensive ends. Now you can see the grades on them. How you how you view them and say, wow, there's a huge drop off. You know, in one well, position, but well, not the other. In, in in the war room, do you have like a you know magnetic paint and little oh. things lined up and, and you go through guys. We got to get this guy, this guy. That's how we, I mean, most of it's computerized now. Oh, it's, I, mean, yeah. I mean, now yeah. most of you it's, don't com- need it. most funny. of it's computerized, but it, but it, it was that way. And we still like the names and, oh yeah, we, once they get close, that's all they do right before the draft is they call it mock drafts, you know? Yeah. So Dave, as a coach who has a lot of friends in the profession still, how do you describe what's going on with this quest for the perfect offensive coordinator this offseason? Because you see Kellen Moore leaving Dallas for the Chargers, and now Mike McCarthy's going to call plays. There were 10 openings, which is one-third of the league. I've what's never, going on and why? I've never seen that. And, you know, I am dis- I, I, this is a pet peeve of me because the Chargers, think about this. They got a 24-point lead, and you get beat, and your head coach is a defensive guy, and you fire your offensive coordinator the next day. Uh, even at Dallas, with unless there's personality problems that I am not aware of, to me, you know, Lou Holtz said it a long time ago. Go ahead and f- fire your coaches, and guess what? You're next. You, you know, well, that, co- coaches that I mean, start that. If gener- Mike McCarthy is calling plays, that's his job on the line. If he really does that, yep. and that's what the rumor is, right? Yep, it's going to be Mike running his own offense. That means he's the next guy fired. I mean, he's putting himself in harm's way. And I, and I, I think they wanted to replace the guy at San Diego, Stanley. Yeah. You know, that's the job Sean Payton wanted at once. Right. And they, for whatever reason, they decided to keep him. And so, you know, 
he's responsible for the defense, so he doesn't fire the defensive coordinator. He fires right. the. I mean, that, I, I, I just never, you know, the old old George Perlis. You know, he yeah. uh, when he was at Michigan State, I got to know him when he was at the Steelers, and he was the assistant head coach for Coach Noel back in the heyday. And I used to go up and visit with them at Michigan State. And George used to say, you know, I don't understand this. You know, if you're going to hire a guy, you, you do your research on him, and you hire him. And if you got to fire him, if you got to fire this guy in the next couple of years, it's it's an indictment on you. You did a poor job as a head coach of understanding and choosing people that you wanted to bring into this program, and and I've always remembered that, you know, and uh, hmm. you know we, we it, yeah, it, um, uh, some of the things that are going on nowadays. I mean, I talked to Chico. God bless Chico. I talk. I told you guys. I talked to him a month before the season, about a month before, and he's talking about all we got to do is run the ball because our quarterback Heineke is up and down, and we got to win on defense and run the ball. So they run the ball and and play good defense. And they fire the offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, just a trend. It's it's it, it's it bothers me. It really, really bothers me. It's the blame me. game. It's there's the blame no game, around. and there's it's just it's one it's copycat league, and people try to mimic what others are doing. You mentioned Sean Payton. That must be the job that he wanted, because the longer he waits to take one, it's as if the job he wants isn't available. So he may not. Is he going to coach next year? Do you think he's going to be a head coach? I don't think he will. See, what goes along with him wanting the job is him wanting, and I don't I don't want to say final say-so or the control of the draft, but there's a lot of demands from a personnel standpoint. And then he goes out to Denver. That I don't think that's going to happen at Denver because George Payton is a brand-new GM, and apparently yes. George's the owners trust him. And you're going to give, you know, to get Sean Payton, you're going to have to give up a lot from a personnel standpoint. That could possibly happen at Arizona, maybe. I don't know, you know. But George, a great guy. Worked for you on, on several stops, oh, right? I, I, yeah. George, we worked together at the Bears, and then I hired him down with me yeah. at the Dolphins. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no. So so I, I think that, and I know that's a factor at San Diego. I know that, that the, the owner likes the GM there. And he doesn't, you know, they're all protecting their own turf right now. Anybody that's under heat, they're protecting their own turf and trying to hold on to their own jobs. Um, It's fascinating to look at this Super Bowl because of just the, you know, I guess it's the first time two black quarterbacks are facing off in a Super Bowl. I didn't even know that. That didn't even go through my mind, which tells you hopefully something good. Not that I'm, uh, you know, not paying attention, but – but that is uh, a good sign for the future of the league. Um, and these two quarterbacks have been excellent. And I love Jalen Hurts. This is my Super Bowl, Dave. I picked this Super Bowl before the season started oh. because I love Jalen Hurts. And I thought that the NFC was wide open and, and his improvement, given all that they had done, would make them a very good team. Yeah, absolutely. And they're both, you know, I've mentioned Jalen Hurts being banged up. We know Mahomes is banged up. They'll both be better next week. The thing that, and I'm with you. I'm on. I'm on the Eagles all the way. Uh, I did have the Bills though. But anyway, I uh, <laughs> I did too, Dave. But I, I had the Chiefs. I'm with you. Did I don't you? know if you heard it or not, Dave. But Molly picked the Chiefs and the Eagles. He told, I told me the twice Chiefs over the. He Eagles, said yeah. it twice. I, I know. You and, want to play it? I think we have it from September eighth. <laughs> said it twice in the September last. September eighth is when I made. I'm my sure play. you did. I'm oh, sure. Even the season, I'm not making it up. <laughs> but but the one you know, Jalen Hurts has something about him. And what everybody talks about, that intangible thing, 
that Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure, has too, and he's proven it, that uh, he's all about championships. You know, his kid's different. You know, whether it be Oklahoma or whether it be Alabama or everywhere that he comes from, his father was a coach. You know, I mean, there's there's something about Jalen Hurts that uh, – It's also on his rookie contract. That, that you just really like. It yeah. helps a ton. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, it'll it'll be interesting. You know, it's too early now because a yeah, lot, lot no, can happen. But, next uh, week. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next yeah. week. All absolutely. right, Dave, thank you. Wait, wait, we got something for you. Hold on. Go All right, ahead. I got the uh, the Eagles will beat the Niners. A couple of teams that didn't win divisions I picked. So, I got the Chiefs beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl. <laughs> By wow. next Sunday, that's going to be played more than some of those gambling commercials. Wow. That should be. We should have that on the station. <laughs> and you had the Niners in, too. You had the Niners. At, I mean, how, how, are you kidding me? You went deep on this. I didn't. Wow. Uh, I didn't. I think I, I I don't think I picked the AFC champion. I don't think I picked them over Cincinnati. So. During the break, Dave, Molly will read your palm as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All Perfect. right. Thank you, Dave. It's Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Bulls fans, Zach Levine here. This is your official radio home for Chicago Bulls basketball. Listen to every moment of the action right here on Sports Radio 670, the score, and the Odyssey app. The opening bell, the... The largest pool party for the biggest pro football game of the year. It's happening, and it's happening only at Stadium Swim at Circle Resort and Casino. Experience the big game poolside, a massive stadium screen, booming game sound, three levels, six pools, variety of seating options, fireworks show, and more. I can tell you firsthand, watching a sporting event from Stadium Swim at Circle Resort and Casino, it is awesome. Take the big game party to the next level. Sunday, February the 12th, that's the date. Stadium Swim, located at Circa Resort and Casino on the famous Fremont Street in Las Vegas. Book today, CircaLasVegas.com. Getting your guaranteed maximum refund with TaxLayer feels like... Yeah, yeah. Saddling up and chasing down... Look at that sweet fula! That big old cash cow. Look at all that money! File for free with TaxLayer Simply Free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. File fearlessly. This week, Staples has deals so good, you're going to want to sit down. Are you sitting? I'll wait. Great. Right now during Staples Sitathon, select chairs are more than 50% off. Like the Leather Vortex Gaming Chair. Now just $119.99 at Staples. You save $140. Plus get two two-ounce bottles of Puro hand sanitizer. Free with the Staples Connect app. So take a seat or two. Right now at Staples, the working, learning, and saving store. Offers N24. Chair offer valid in-store and online. Puro limit two, in-store only, while supplies last. Menards is your home improvement destination. We've got everything you need for your projects, from ceiling to floor. Why settle for a boring ceiling when there's so many acoustic and decorative options? Armstrong ceiling tiles are the best way to elevate your style to new heights. They're easy to install and add a great new look to your home. Right now, save big money on ceiling tiles. Plus, check out all the great deals going on now at Menards. Save big money at Menards. Business owners, you may be eligible to claim the Employee Retention Tax Credit, a payroll tax refund from the United States Treasury, applicable to businesses who kept employees on payroll during the pandemic. Contact Paychex to see if you qualify at paychex.com ertc. 
Paychex is proud to have helped more than 45,000 businesses secure over $9.2 billion in ERTC claims, an average of $190,000 per business. Paychex.com slash ERTC. Everybody's talking about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, it's Molly. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are the only options. Time has changed and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime stop taking pain meds discover this remarkable alternative treatment that pro athletes have been using for years thanks to qc kinetics this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain don't put this off any longer spring's coming you want to enjoy life and all it has to offer call now 312-809-5955 that's 312-809-5955 don't wait 312-809-5955. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, offering professional-grade industrial supplies, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. This week, Staples has deals so good, you're going to want to sit down. Are you sitting? I'll wait. Great. Right now during Staples Sitathon, select chairs are more than 50% off. Like the Leather Vortex Gaming Chair. Now just $119.99 at Staples. You save $140. Plus get two two-ounce bottles of Purell hand sanitizer. Free with the Staples Connect app. So take a seat or two. Right now at Staples, the working, learning, and saving store. Offers N24. Chair offer valid in-store and online. Purell limit two, in-store only, while supplies last. A Valentine's reminder from Rogers and Holland's Jewelers. Roses are red, and then they're dead. Candy is dandy, but it makes bellies expandy. Grab a gift they'll heart for all time with tons of bling bling for under $1.99. Learn more at rogersandhollands.com. All I'm doing is driving to have a meeting with my mom and dad. That's all. About our finances? Look, I'm already very late. Jerry, remember a ceremony a year ago? Mm. I dressed in white and you in black? I know you're my wife, but my mom said to me, you and what's her name? She doesn't even remember my name. She should bank at the bank next to my apartment, she said. These days, the bank for us is First American. Gotta go or mom's gonna worry. First American has Products that make us smart savers and smart borrowers. See, mom made tapioca pudding for me. First American CDs offer some of the highest rates. But my mom says... Your wife says we may even need a loan soon. Mm. And First American's fixed-rate home equity loan is a smart way to borrow. Yeah, but mom says we that we... can get the money and... Okay, okay, well, check out First American Bank. Now, who can that be? Mom! When you didn't show up, I got worried. Here's your tapioca. Dad's parking the car. Who's this? Mom, it's my wife, Carol. Oh, yeah, we met you at the wedding. Hi, dear. First American Bank, the bank that does more for your money. Visit us online at firstambank.com or call us at 847-952-3700. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. I don't think they're going to sit it too. I, I mean, I, I think they're going to do everything they can, and I think the Colts are going to be the driving reason. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven the score. Well, that's good. I hope uh, I hope that's accurate. That the Colts are the reason. I also hope that uh, that Houston's paying attention. We we had a texter who wanted to know what am I missing? The Bears aren't taking a quarterback. Why can't Houston just wait and 
take it. Well, the Bears are trading the pick. And everybody knows this is the danger in a draft. The reason for all the cloak and dagger, you fall in love with the player, you bring him in, you interview him. Everybody knows, well, they've looked at this guy and this guy and this guy. Everybody knows, you know, they really need a defensive end. They're sitting at, you know, 15th. I'm not saying what team. I'm just giving you an example. Say a team desperately needs a defensive end at 15th. I'm trading to 14, so well, I get the first choice of it. That's all it is. And that's it's what, not about what the Bears need or what they don't need when you have the number one overall pick. It's what other teams need and what they are going to feel compelled to do to to get those needs filled. So it yes. doesn't matter about the Texans knowing that the Bears don't need a quarterback sitting at two because the Texans theoretically would be afraid of somebody jumping in front of them to make a deal they're not they're not making or trying to make because they're sitting back assuming the bears are going to take a quarter are going to take anything but a quarterback. So that's the logic. I think it speaks for itself. Moving forward, you you wonder what role the public aspect of it because it is kind of the silly season. It is it, we're getting closer to the lying season. Yes. I think the silly season precedes the lying yeah. season. Being uh, everybody misrepresents what they think about a prospect or you just don't know, and, and in the context of yesterday's conversation, for instance, Patrick Mahomes Sr. Yes. on the afternoon show, he reveals, and it was a great interview, and he says that, yeah, Pat thought that the Bears had told him they were going to take him at three. Well, they might have. Oh, but, of course But they how did. often does it happen where executives either fib don't tell the truth or can't follow through on something they plan to do because they get a better offer. It, it happens all the time. Did I, you know, I, I tell you what, I'd love to get Ryan Pace in this studio and, you know, get, get the lie detector test on him so we could tell, tell, so he had to tell the truth somehow. Give him whatever that shot, whatever that stuff is, makes him tell the truth. I'd like to know, did he think, that that Mahomes was gonna go was gonna be the guy left. Did he think that someone would take Mitch at one, and then when he didn't go, he jumped out? Did he? I mean, what you was, mean in terms of how Patrick Mahomes could have interpreted Ryan Pace's vow to draft him? Did Ryan Pace think that Trubisky was the best quarterback, but he'd go one or two, and then he'd take Mahomes third, and that's why he said it. To he him. might have said that. We don't know the details necessarily, unless we. Uh, do I, I don't think it, that was revealed when they told I mean, him what, what they told him. Why Why Mitch? We believe in Mitch. That doesn't change. Well, why Mitch is a good question. It's one really, I think, that when you talk about this and we're re- revisiting it because of that interview yesterday afternoon, Ryan Pace never adequately addressed no. what compelled him to move up and what about Mitch Trubisky he thought was worth giving up the draft capital to move up one spot to get him. It was a, it was one of those mysteries that was never solved. Yeah. And it led to and, his and eventual it, demise, but it didn't lead to his immediate demise. But, but, Mitch gets it. Mitch gets it. Uh, they never even looked at Deshaun Watson, right? Apparently not. They did not have a meal with him. They, yeah. don't, they didn't see anything. We don't know what scared off. Yeah. Maybe it was a personality quirk, as we might come to find out later, or maybe it was something about his medicals. Don't know because yeah, again he had a knee, didn't he? It, he, he had a knee like a, issue at pants. Clemson. Yeah, but there was never this, you know, transparency that we wanted when the deal, when the move didn't work out, and you revisited it. There wasn't really ever an explanation for 
why they went in the direction they went and why they left Patrick Mahomes on the board so the Chiefs could beat everybody to the punch and do what they did to get him in their organization. Yeah, Texter says the Steelers are saying, why Mitch? Imagine, like, the Bears. Yeah. They didn't put in nearly the same kind Steelers of Steelers are still going to be okay because they got their first-round draft pick that looks pretty promising. Yeah. And Kenny Pickett. Local Mitch was definitely good. a bridge guy in that scenario. They, they took Kenny Kind of a rickety bridge, but still a bridge guy. Well, yeah. I, I mean, look, I, it, it is – the draft is not an exact science. It, it is obvious that when you talk about – college football and how it translates into the NFL. It's a very difficult thing to figure out. And certainly if anybody knew what the hell they, they well, were doing with the quarterback position, there wouldn't be as many busts as there have been. There certainly wouldn't be as many guys uh, dropping in the draft like a guy taken with the 53rd it, pick who is now in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think anyone saw that coming. No. And if they had, they, they would have jumped on it. You talk about number two picks that don't pan out. Let's look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Carson Wentz did have a very strong year, the year that they went to the Super Bowl, but he was injured, and Nick Foles comes in, and what happens? They win a Super Bowl. Nick Foles is the guy. Nick Foles, you know, you could look at that uh, that playoff run, and he had a lot to do with that. You look at this playoff run, second-round quarterback. Jalen Hurts, he's everything you want in a leader, everything you want in an NFL quarterback, a big reason why the Eagles are on the verge of another championship. These aren't conventional paths to success. So there is no one proven way. There are different ways. You just have to make every decision right as best you can, surround. That's why it's not always all about the quarterback. It's the biggest question, but it's not the only question to answer. And and I mean – Think about the San Francisco 49ers, right? They they build this team that is apparently quarterback proof right up till the fact that you get to the fourth guy. And uh and then all of a sudden it doesn't matter. <laughs> You've got to admit though, the circumstances that they faced incredible. this year with injuries at that position, unprecedented. Absolutely for incredible. a team that has gotten as far as I they agree. got and having the injuries at the same spot. It's incredible. You know what's funny is like if you go back and think of when Rodgers won uh, his Super Bowl, I think that team, I think that Packer team, basically lost everyone but the quarterback. They were they had guys falling all year long. I think they were the most injured team in the league that year, but they had the quarterback, and he was in those days real good. And um, you know this is kind of the anti of that. They've got everything but the quarterback, and that's why. I think Tom would be terrific. Tom, terrific. Uh, at the at the stadium he used to go to as a kid. Well, they've moved to San Jose, but he he's whatever. Grew up twenty miles from. I San would Francisco. love to know what they really think about his capability yeah. to run that offense and to help them get to that next level at forty six years old. But, but I mean, the thing is, forty six, Molly. I, listen, David. I mean, all he's got to do is a long handoff. He knows more about the game than the guys coaching him. It, it is. I'm not. I'm not promulgating so, here. I'm just saying they don't need a rookie. I know. They I know. need but, but, somebody who's a veteran player. At, at, okay, let, let's transport the studio. We are now yes. in, by the bay, and this is San Francisco Sports Talk Radio. Right. If I'm weighing my options, as much as I love the ro- football romance of Tom Brady coming back to the team that he, he cheered for as a young boy – and finishing it out with the Super Bowl championship and then riding off into the sunset, great. That sounds like North Hollywood for San Francisco. 
You've got Derek Carr out there. You've got Aaron Rodgers These out there. These are trades, though, right? Yeah. I'm but just saying. Don't you want it? Certainty? They've already traded everything for Trey Lance. Maybe you have. Maybe you find something more. Maybe you dig a little deeper. And you, I don't know what it is, but if you want to remove the doubt, don't you want I, to? I think they could win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. I think they would definitely win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And I think they could win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. If you had to rank those in order of what you just said, what would be the order? Of priorities. See, I, I don't know if Brady's at the top of my list, even though I love well, the story. Well, I, I mean, I the, the thing about Brady is he's available and he's free and you could make the deal with him any way you want. It wouldn't cost you anything but money. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a big deal. But Brady. I'm willing to invest future draft capital if I feel like 2023. Do you have any left? I don't know. I think I have to check that out, but I would want to do whatever I could to okay. remove the doubt so for you next want year. Aaron Rodgers. I would want to go for it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I would get the surest thing. And right now, Aaron Rodgers of those three to me is is the player that would most likely put me over the top yeah. with that running game, those weapons, and that defense. So um Dustin texts text us here that uh Pro Football Focus most recent mock draft has the Bears trading down with the Texans, okay? and then taking Jalen Carter at number two. They would receive the second overall pick where they take Jalen Carter, so they move down a spot, a 2023 second rounder, which would be number 34, and a 2024 fourth rounder. Is that enough for no. you to trade down? No, no, Not for one spot? No, you need to get a first-round draft pick out of that. You need to get a future first-round draft pick. I think that there are other proposals that I have seen that, again, we need to at some point in time, we're going to have to get a draft value chart and do the math actually to figure this out because if I'm trading down, I want a first-round draft pick besides the one I'm swapping. Even if you're trading down one spot? Yes, because you have an – somebody's going to do it. I, I, don't, I don't think that sounds like enough to me. A second overall, the 34th pick, which is you know a late first-rounder, I guess, theoretically. You'd be better off trading with um... – with the Colts and rolling the dice and hoping that, that Jalen Carter falls. To I court. would rather do that because yeah. I think with the Colts might be more willing to give you a future first. Yeah. And if you're Ryan Poles, you have an obligation to maximize the value of the position you're drafting. So if you don't get a first round in the future back in return, a third body, if you will, I don't know that that's worth it. Yeah. Especially, but, but just for the sake of argument in, in this conversation, Compare that to what we talked about last week, the ridiculous draft proposal. Six players yeah, that was to move up seven spots. That was crazy. That's nuts. All right, we got Mike Florio. We're going to bring in Mike, and we'll talk to him about full-time referees. He wrote that story, and, uh, and we'll talk to him about the draft, and maybe we'll talk to him about the big game at the end of the year. Oh, no, that's the XFL. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash ProFootballTalk. Day by day! Day by day! We got better, better! We got better! We got better! We got better! NFL insider Mike Florio with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We love our opportunity to talk to Mike Florio. And he joins us next. He joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Michael, good morning. How are you? 
Doing great, guys. How are you today? Pretty good. We are fired up. And, you know, I, I said to, to David, you know, on Monday we come in here, and my God, like the conspiracy theories in this country are everywhere. Now they're surrounding the NFL. The, the whole bad officiating is wrapped up in this, the league wanted this and the league wanted that, as if Roger Goodell is kind of sitting there, you know, on the hotline, we will make sure that we get the game we want. Like, you can't convince people that this is not this is not by design. That if if you felt like the the uh, the home teams got the benefit of the call, maybe that's weak officiating. Maybe that's allowing the crowd to influence it. But I don't believe it's any kind of conspiracy. Well, I always can assume that it's incompetence, not corruption, and in part. Sometimes I add this and sometimes I don't. I will say that the NFL does not rig its games. I will say that loudly and I will say that clearly. And sometimes I will add because I don't think the NFL would be sufficiently competent to rig its games if it wanted to. (laughs) So that's why I think they don't even try. But but here's the reality. And and as conspiracy theories go, suggesting that the fix was in for the Chiefs and or the Eagles is a far cry from the – notion last week that the vaccine killed DeMar Hamlin and it was a body oh, double God, that was, that was, that was Bengals Bills game. But it just yeah. shows you where we are in this world where anything raises questions, anything causes people to say, are we really sure? And I know we get lied to from time to time, but that doesn't mean that we're being lied to all the time. And the gambling angle is what has legitimized the tinfoil hat crowd as it relates to the NFL. Gambling is legal in most states. The NFL is in bed with the sports books. So incompetence causes people to think something else is going on. Now, I'm a firm believer that the NFL needs to be very proactive in reviewing all of its systems, all of its procedures, all of its rules to ensure that there can't be a Tim Donaghy at some point that does try to rig things in that person's specific financial interests. But that's different from saying that the NFL at the end of the day wants a certain team to win, wants a certain team to lose. I mean, the ratings for the Super Bowl and the popularity of the sport transcend whether it's big market, small market, popular team, unpopular team. You're still going to have billions of dollars, millions tuning in. It doesn't matter who the teams are. So it just doesn't happen. And again, they aren't competent enough to pull it off without somebody finding out about it. It's just bad officiating that can be improved and should be improved, but that doesn't mean it's some grand conspiracy to ensure that it's Eagles Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Totally agree with that, Mike. Well put. I wonder, though, how much did Sunday's incompetence, if you will, your word, and I think it's a good one, how much did that incompetence lead us toward the NFL either looking at a sky judge or – uh, and second to that, full-time officials, because you broached that in profootballtalk.com. That's an idea we've talked about before, but never needed more than now. Well, full-time officials is something that is gaining some traction behind the curtain. And at the end of the day, the NFL is just cheap. Just because somebody has a lot of money doesn't mean they're going to spend it recklessly. One of the reasons you end up with a lot of money is you spend it wisely and you spend it frugally. And the NFL doesn't see the benefit in having full-time officials because it would cost a lot of money to get people to give up their primary jobs, to get people to go all in 12 months a year, not just part-time 
for four months of the year in providing services to the National Football League. It would be very expensive to have full-time officials. They don't think they need it. Remember, this is the group that told us through the commissioner back in 2012, replacement officials will do just as good of a job as the regular officials do, and we saw how that played out. As it relates to Sky Judge, they're moving in that direction with this expedited review process that is very vague. It's applied inconsistently. There isn't a lot of transparency or accountability. We saw it, and I wrote something about this yesterday. We saw three examples of it on Sunday, and it shows the inconsistency of how expedited review can work. And this is separate and apart from the replay system. No red flag needs to be thrown. It doesn't have to be a scoring play in the final two minutes. There's a group of plays that can be automatically and instantly fixed by the league office. The Devontae Smith non-catch. They have access to all those angles in the league office. Somebody could have seen that one that Fox didn't find until after the commercial. The league has those dialed up, served up. They can spin back and watch them. It's a very intricate system. They could have fixed that, and they didn't. There was a play in the Chiefs-Bengals game where Patrick Mahomes' leg was down. Before the Bengals had to throw the red flag, the expedited review process fixed it. That's how it should work. And then later in the game, Marquez Valdez-Scantling sticks the ball out for a first down. The Chiefs had to burn up their last challenge to fix that. Expedited review should have fixed that. So there is something in place. It needs to be more consistent. It needs to be used more broadly. And ultimately what needs to happen is they need to bridge the gap between what the officials see on the field and what we see when we're watching it on TV. Because what we see on TV is what sets the narrative after the game and into the next day. Um, We were told by the NFL that they sold 50,000 seats at the imaginary uh, championship game at neutral site that was going to be in Atlanta. So does that mean – hey, there's money to be made, there's money in them, their hills, and the championship games become neutral site games because of that? Does the officiating being apparently intimidated by the home crowd add to that? Well, and that's a great point, to the extent that they're looking for justification. Now, they wouldn't be trumpeting that in a headline that's posted anywhere, that that's why they'd want to have neutral site officiating, but that is an incidental benefit that they may talk about in their meetings and private moments. But the moment that I saw the press release, the Friday before the division around, I was on my way to Kansas city and I got a text from one of my writers that this release had come out and I read the release. It's like, we don't even know there's going to be a neutral site. Why are they thumping their chest? Aha. This is the thing that helps lay the foundation and set the hook for the neutral site conference championship games. The one thing they envy about college football is those games where it's a destination city. It's two teams going there. Half the stadium decked out in the colors of one team. The other half decked out in the colors of the other. You get the great reaction shots. You get that great vibe. You get a sense that it's truly a 50-50 split. The Super Bowl is not like that because people know they're going to the Super Bowl well before they know who's going. I'm going to the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter who's playing in it. These conference championship games You would lock in the attendance based on season ticket holders of the teams that qualify, and it truly would have that feel of a big college game. They'd make more money. They could sell it to these cities the way they sell Super Bowls. They could make it a big deal. And I think the other thing that we need to brace ourselves for is the possibility of a two-day event where they split the games. Instead of having a half hour between the end of one and the start of another – Sunday, Monday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever the case may be, but you take over multiple days 
and hell, maybe even have a 25 minute halftime with a major <laughs> musical. There you I'm go. serious. Pay you for just it. make you take the, you. I mean, they're, 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 I just saw the numbers for the AFC Championship. It was 53 million average, and I bet it peaked at 70 million in the final two minutes. Mike, quickly, who's more likely to be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers next season of these three? Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Without question, Tom Brady. Without question. Without Look, Brady approached them in 2020, and they said, no, thank you. I believe last year, once the door was slammed on Miami, when Brian Flores filed his lawsuit and it blew up the Sean Payton-Tom Brady arrangement, I think Tom Brady explored it again, and they said, no, thank you. I think this time, and if you look at some of the things Kyle Shanahan said before the 49ers played the Bucks during the regular season, there's regret there. And you look at how they keep getting close and they can't push it through. Tom Brady may be the guy that pushes the 49ers over the top. I, the Brock Purdy injury kicked the door open, I think, for Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, that makes sense, Mike. Thank you. Thank you a ton. That's great stuff. Thanks, Mike. Good talking to you guys. That is Mike Florio. Excellent stuff from him. Yeah, Always on point. Yeah, it's great. When we come back, I want to tell you some news, a little development this morning that is going to make you cringe. Good. I love a good cringe. It's Mully and Haunt, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.